in Jesus' name. You, you can sit down if you can or if you want to, but if you'll allow me for the next few moments, we're going to be at the table of the Lord. We're going to take communion here in this special time of worship tonight. We're kind of kicking off a, a series for the month of April. We're gearing up for Easter. It's for the Christian world. It's the Super Bowl, man. It's, it's the big deal. It's the reason why we can lift our hands and celebrate. Jesus isn't in a tomb. He's with us. We're not alone. I mean, it's a big deal. So tonight, we're going we're, we're gonna to we're gonna gear up. And tonight, we're going to be taking communion. And at Westover, we practice open communion, meaning you don't have to go through a class and, and to know or to take communion here. The only reality is you just, according to God's word, you, you got to know who Jesus is as a personal Savior in your life. And we'll, we'll walk you through that in that moment. But just in this special moment where the Holy Spirit just paused, I just I want to take us to God's Word and deposit, as we talk about Easter and get ready for who God is and explaining the plot twists and, and what God is doing in this drama of redemption in our life, that we would truly just pause and, and take a snapshot of who this God is. Dive into His nature like we just sang about. It is in God's nature that nothing can separate us from Him. It's in His nature to pursue us. He should have wiped us off the planet. He should have been done with us eons ago. But it's not in His nature. In the Old Testament, when God revealed Himself to humanity, He used two simple words, or two simple words. They're, they're words. That's what they are. <laughs> it's like they're letters, but they make up words. That's what words do. All right, letters do. Two simple words. He, he introduced Himself with this phrase, I am. When Moses was saying, God, what you're asking me to do to go back and who am I to tell them sent me to do this impossible task? God says, tell them, I am sent you. I am that I am. I am, that's what it says. I am that I am. I am it. I am I always was. I am I always will be. And I am to the end. I mean, just I, I am. And Jesus picks this up in the New Testament. Because we know this at Westover Hills, we believe God's Word teaches that Jesus was 100% man, but 100% God. And Jesus seven times in His ministry is going to say, I am. And if you had read the Torah, if you had been a Jew at that time and read the Torah, you would have gone, He's introducing Himself to us as the God of the old, the God of Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, those guys, our forefathers and Moses, this is him? And Jesus would say it seven times, I am. And he'll say other phrases beyond that, I am. And tonight I just want to briefly just, as we go before God's table in the communion, I want to get us to a place where we can understand who Jesus, the nature of our God in Jesus. God revealed himself physically. He was Never on this earth physically, but he revealed himself physically through the person of Jesus. Jesus is our revelation of God incarnate in this world. And Jesus would say, I am. I am. He also would say this after he said, I am. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the gate. I am the life, bread of life. I'm the resurrection. I'm the light of the world. I am divine. He would just paint a picture of who he is. But one of those phrases, he said, I am the good shepherd. You ever thought about, we don't have shepherds around here, right? We, we may have farmers, 
some, some guys that have some cows every now and then and occasional goat. But we don't have shepherds in our time. So it's hard to picture shepherds. God is our shepherd. What does that even, what does that even mean? Who is, why do I need a shepherd? And I find it so intriguing in the book of John, this picture of Jesus revealing himself to us as the good shepherd. He said in John chapter 10, verse 11, if you have the app, it just says, I am the, the good shepherd. Not a bad shepherd, which is, that's a good thing, right? He could have said, I'm a terrible shepherd. I'm not good at this, uh, so you just need to know that up front. I'm terrible at my job. No. He says, I am a good shepherd. We sing a song, I am a good father. He's a good father. It's, an, it's, a, it's who he is. He's good. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Isn't that funny? Sheep. At first when you read that, you're like, I know who he's talking about. He's talking about me. He called me a sheep. He called me one of the most dumbest animals on planet earth. A sheep. And you can take offense of it until you start to realize how close we really are in comparison to this little metaphor he just used. And, and he uses sheep. And sheep, that's hilarious. He, he, uses, he uses the phrase sheep. In John chapter 10, verse, verse 1, in the beginning of that chapter, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. He says, listen, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. If someone just starts to go after you and they don't do it the right way, all they're trying to do is rob from you. Can, you. can I just tell you that our world is getting robbed all the time from who God is. Our world is being stolen away from us. The, the image of this good shepherd is being ripped off by the enemy every single day. Jesus would say, it's going to happen. He's going to say, you got a thief and his whole purpose in John chapter 10, 10 is to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, but I've come, this good shepherd, that you might have life, real life. Okay, I don't feel so bad that he called me sheep now, all right? He's going to give me real life. He's going he gonna, to offer me something. Sheep are interesting. You know, sheep are mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. Dogs are actually mentioned in Scripture. Did you know that? 44 times. But you know what's never mentioned? Not one time in all of Scripture. It's, this is because this is the way God intended it. Cats. Never. It's because they're from the devil. They're the enemy. Cats are evil. Proof. They're not in the Bible. Sheep are mentioned over and over. God used this metaphor over and over and over again to explain. So, so let me just... In the app you have this, it's not going to be on the screens, but if you have the app, here's a reason if you don't to get it. Because four really quickly things, challenges of being a sheep, right? The Bible says sheep get lost really easy. Isaiah 53 says all of us like sheep have gone away. You know how easy it is to walk away and forget how good God is? It's easy. There are all kinds of distractions in this world. Just to forget how good He is. It's easy. I have been lost easily in my life. Sheep get lost easy. Sheep are defensive. They don't have claws. They don't even have a beak. They don't even have a tail that's scary. It's this fluffy little cotton ball thing, right? They, they have no defense, right? They can ram their head, but when they do, they're useless afterwards. They're like freaked out. They can't even stand, they stumble and stumble. Sheep are defenseless. That's sometimes when the enemy comes, we feel like we're helpless, but we know we're not alone. We just sing that. We just declare that over ourselves. We're not alone. But sheep are very stubborn. Don't raise your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're about to do that. Oh, yeah, that's me. See, we relate to these things. Sheep are stubborn. They can't move backwards. They can only move forward. Even if it's off of a cliff, they can't help it. There's no backwards button. Sometimes that's how I feel in life, that I just plow through disaster. after. Disaster. I, don't, I don't think, I don't, because I don't I want my way, right? Sheep are dirty. Now, before you get mad at me, okay, 
The Bible says that all of us have this stain on our heart called sin. All of us do. Every person, including the dude up here right now, all of us fall short of God's standards. Sheep are dirty. They can't clean themselves. You got, it's the one thing cats can do very well is lick themselves, okay? That's about all they can do. Sheep can't do that. Sheep don't clean themselves. So they get, they're known to get hurt and d- diseases and, and, and scrapes that get infected. And they need a shepherd. You and I were designed, we need someone watching over us. We need this shepherd. We need a guide. We need someone to help us. Guess what? Jesus steps on the scene and he says, this is who I am. I am the good shepherd. What you've been lost, you've been, you've been hurting, you, you feel like you're stuck, you can't move backwards, you're lost. You, he says, I've come and I'm, I'm here to bring you close in. So just like simply, really quickly, and ushers are going to get ready to prepare communion here in a moment. Go ahead and get ready, ushers. So if God is a good shepherd, what, what does this good shepherd do? What do shepherds do? I never met one in person, all right? I got to see a couple in Israel walking on the little, that's a, they're real, okay. But what does a shepherd do? What does this good shepherd do? First, he guides us, you know, he does this to the sheep. He got that staff and he kind of put, you know, he guides this good shepherd of ours, the nature of God, the nature of Jesus. He came here to guide us. That's what the word of God says, into truth. He says, I am the way, follow me. Do you know that nowhere in Scripture are we actually called to lead? Everywhere in Scripture, we're called to follow. We're called to follow Him. Follow Him. The Word of God says in Psalms 23, the most famous, probably Psalm in the entire book of Psalm. It says, He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. He guides me. That's what He does. And in that same context of John, going back to John chapter 10, it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, who? The shepherd and the sheep. What do they do? They recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls by his own sheep by name. He knows him by name. Do you know that God knows you by name? He hasn't forgotten your name. He knows you. He remembers your name. He knows what you're going through. The Bible says that that's who he is. He knows us by name. And then what does he do? He leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, walks ahead of them, and they what? They follow him. We need, we love to follow people. That's why we invented Twitter. We just wanted to follow a bunch of people. We didn't even know what they were saying. We don't know who they are. They're so far away from us. But if we can just follow something, God goes, I know. You have a nature to follow. I'll be the good shepherd, and I will guide you, the God's word says. Calls them by name and leads them out. His job is to guide our job is to follow. Our job is to follow. What else is this? What does he do? He provides. That's what a shepherd does. He leads them in Psalms 23, right? He leads them to green pastures. He takes us to places where we think we're going to be broke. We think we're going to be poor. We think we're going to be left out. We think we're going to be uh, without. And, and the Bible says, no, no, no. The good shepherd, he provides. Your God, the great I am, provides. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my what? My shepherd. I lack nothing. Can you say that? I think if you're following Jesus, oh, you just said it. I mean, can you say that of your own life? Sorry. I set you up for that one. Can you say that of your own life that I lack nothing? I can tell you this. If you're following after Jesus, if Jesus is leading your life, you could be dirt poor financially, but you will not lack anything in your life. It, It will be yours according to what's in heaven. 
released here on earth. The Bible says, when he is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me, I love that it says that, he makes me lie down. Sometimes it's a little, come on now, you need to take a break. I've been telling you to chill out. I've called this thing the Sabbath and you haven't been obeying. Lay down, right? Tell that to my kids at 7.30 every night. Lay down, go to sleep. But I'm not tired. You will be at 9 or 6 a.m. in the morning. Go to bed. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to those things. He leads me. That's what it says. There it is. Besides quiet waters. I love that it says quiet waters. Because no one wants to eat when it's a rapid, right? It's scary. The sheep get to that and they're like, we're not, what do we want to, what do you want us to do with that? I'm not getting in that water. It's too, it's too crazy. But the Bible says it's quiet. He knows what we need. Not what we want. He knows what we need. He provides. He leads me beside quiet waters. And then look at that. He refreshes my soul. If tonight you came in here tired, he's going to say, lay down. If you came in here hungry or thirsty, he's going to say, I'm going to lead you beside the quiet waters. If you came in here saying, you know what? I'm frustrated. I'm, I, I, I'm at the wits and he's going to refresh. He provides. The great I am, the good shepherd, provides. Ushers, go ahead and begin to distribute communion. And as they do, and before you say, I'm not worthy of this, can I tell you, he provided the ultimate sacrifice for our life. See, the Bible says that when you and I were sinning, Christ died for us. He stepped in in the most provisional way ever. It was our sin upon the cross. It should have been my debt paid. It should have been my grave. It should have been my sin. It should, excuse me, it should have been my death. My payment, it was mine. But the Bible says, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. He took our place. And so tonight, listen, to take communion and to be reminded of who he is and what he has done, the only requirement is to say, you know what? That provision is for me. I love the illustration from Sunday. A pardon not taken is a pardon not given. God has given us a way out. God has showed us freedom. God has laid it out for him in the plan of salvation. It's Jesus. And all we have to do is say, I accept this provision. The Bible says, then we are saved. So tonight, if you're in this room and you're saying, I don't know if I can take communion. I don't know if I'm worthy of communion. Can I lead us? Can I lead us in a moment where we say, God, you are the ultimate provision of my life. You provided the solution for my sin. And I accept your son. I accept your guidance. I accept you being the good shepherd in my life. Even as communion is being passed out with, you, can, you know, there's nothing special about closing your eyes. It doesn't mean it means more. But if in this moment you're saying, you know what, I don't know if I'm allowing Jesus to lead my life. I'm the leader. If tonight you need to surrender that and accept the provision that he is, everything he says he is, that he is the savior of the world, that he is the ultimate lamb that was sacrificed for our sins, the perfect sacrifice, then tonight I'm going to lead you in this special moment just right there where you're at. In your own words, or you can say these words, Jesus, forgive me. Father, I turn away from my sinful ways and I embrace what you did on the cross. 
I acknowledge today that I'm lost without it. And I believe in my heart that you were on the cross for me. It was for my sins and you took my sins upon yourself. And today, God, I believe in my heart that you truly are the Christ. And I accept your gift of salvation into my life. Wash me clean, God. I repent. I turn away from those things that separate me and you. In Jesus' name, be the Lord. Be the good shepherd of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, the Bible says if you said that, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is, I am. He is a good shepherd. That he is Lord. The Bible says then you're saved. And we want to welcome you into the family. And we've clapped for you, but we've got communion in our hands. But we're thrilled on the inside. And you now can take communion with us in this special moment. So please do that. And as they're still passing out communion, I just want to finish this. Not only does he guide and not only does he provide, he corrects. You're going to experience that those that just gave your life. He's going to begin through the person of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus, he's going to begin to speak into your life things that need to be given back over to him. He corrects. The Bible says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. So don't despise discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. While I was in Israel, we were there in Bethlehem. And one of the things that I thought, this is, I'd never heard this before. But you ever seen them, them pictures of like the shepherd holding the sheep on their shoulders? I just thought the sheep got lazy because if we're like sheep, that's what I would be. I'd be like, hey, just put me on your shoulders. I don't want to walk no more, right? I'd, but that's not why they do it. The lady, the guy at Bethlehem said, you know, you always see the guy with the sheep and it's always a, a young sheep. Why? Because when the babies are young, the shepherd will break his legs. I'm like, oh my Lord, are you kidding me? No. And he'll take that sheep and he'll put that sheep on his shoulder and the sheep will learn right away, that hurt. And if I ever walk away from him, that may happen again. But it's there to protect that little lamb while it's growing and learning. It can't walk on its own from wolves and, and all the things that are out to kill it or running off of a cliff. So the, the, the shepherd would break the leg, heal the leg, put it on the shoulders. And then I read this verse in Job and I go, he's the good shepherd. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. He takes us close and he says, listen, I, I, I'm going to correct you. And it doesn't feel good all the time. It's not always positive when God says, stop dating that wacko. It's not always good when he says, hey, you've been disrespectful to your parents. You need to go back and apologize. It doesn't always feel good when he says, you've been living outside your means and you're now in debt to all these people. And I didn't design you to live that way. And now you're stressed out. I didn't, it, it hurts when he says, you haven't been kind to your spouse or... You've been neglecting your kids. But the Bible says that correction, we're not to avoid it. We're to embrace it. Hebrews says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, right? Yeah. Later on, however, what does it do? It produces a harvest of righteousness or right living. And here even peace for those who've been trained in it. So he corrects. And then lastly, as they're done, he protects. That's our God, the I am. He protects he protects. Remember Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shallow of death, I will what? Fear no evil for you are with me. Come on, say it out loud. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely in goodness, uh, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He protects. He protects. 
So as you hold your communion tonight, and we're reminded that the I am is a good shepherd. That's what Jesus would say, I am. I am the good shepherd. He guides, he provides, he corrects, and he protects. That's what he wants us to remember about him. Not that he wore a white robe or has a cool beard or blue eyes or he wore Jesus sandals that you can buy called Chacos. You know, no, no, no. He, he wants us to remember who he really is. He's the I am. He's a good shepherd. Amen? So that's what this represents. And the night he was crucified, the Bible says he took his disciples, those that he'd been doing life with for the past three years, and he took the bread and he said, this bread, let me remind you what this bread is. We've done this for generations. We've taken the bread and we've broken it. But I'm telling you right now, this is a new thing we're doing. Tonight, this bread, he would say, represents my body, which in a few hours is going to be broken. It's going to be beaten. It's going to be bruised. And they're looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he's going to, let me finish. And it's going to be beaten and bruised. And by my stripes, you have access to healing so those of you that are broken in this room tonight whether that's physically spiritually emotionally mentally there is wholeness because of what he went through in his body and he said remember this father i pray for those in this room who are broken spirit broken hearted broken mind broken physically the word of god says by your stripes we are healed we declare that healing over our lives in jesus name in jesus name we pray right now and we break this bread and we bless it lord we remember we're broken so we may be, you're broken so we may have wholeness. Would you take? On that same night, he took the cup and he says, y'all have done this a hundred times, a generation after generation. He said, but this is a new covenant. This is different. This is the reason why we're going to have salvation in a few hours because I'm going to sacrifice it all. No greater love has one man than to lay down his life. That's what he's going to say. And he's going to do that. He's going to lay down his life. It's a representation of the sacrifice. The provision of salvation is through the blood of Jesus. The Good Shepherd, John chapter 10, first verse I read tonight, lays down his life for the sheep. That's what he did for us, guys. He laid down his life for us. And so tonight we take and we remember, Father, we bless this cup. It represents your blood shed for us. Without it, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without it, we're lost without it. But God, because of it, we're saved. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for the cross. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you take with me all over this place? I know you know that famous psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. I know you know the psalm, but do you know the shepherd? That's the real question tonight. Do you know the shepherd? In the Old Testament, he introduced himself to us as I am. In the New Testament, Jesus steps on the scene and he picks that up. And he says, I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. You know what? There's just something about that name, Jesus. We were talking about the back half of Colossians 1, which talks about the supremacy of Christ and talks about, you know, creation being made through Jesus. But then it talks about in, in verse 26, how the mystery um, that was hidden for ages and in generations has now been disclosed to the Lord's people, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And um, I guess it began with just the seed of that idea about um, 
about God's glory, which we have seen through creation and was hinted at through ages and generations, is fully seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Anyone who has come face to face with their own flaws and sin and received the grace of Jesus can undoubtedly say that it's the most beautiful thing ever. Um, The name of Jesus is beautiful. It's wonderful. We kind of loved... um, almost the nostalgia of that word. Wonderful isn't a really cool word. Um, And so I think we used it quite deliberately because um, I think there's a a power to that and to kind of to deliberately insert a little bit of wonder in there. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. power of the name of Jesus that breaks chains and heals bodies and uh, frees captives. Um, I think um, we really loved the idea of um, singing about the name of Jesus in a way that kind of unfolded some of the facets of um, the, the beauty, wonder and power. There's something about singing something which someone in their soul knows is the absolute truth and bringing that from a a heart knowledge to a mouth confession which then becomes, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear your own, when you hear with your own ears your mouth saying something that's true, it creates faith. healing 
you, Jesus. Hallelujah.